Our Father, even on this hot day, we thank you that uh, uh, when there are other things that people might think are better things to do, there is nothing better than to listen to what you teach us in the Bible. And we pray that you give us the concentration to stay awake and to listen to your word as we've just been singing. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now Romans chapter 12, and I'm going to read verses 1 to 8. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So that's the part that we're going to be looking at tonight, and let's get straight in. You might think that's a strange passage to talk about people like a body, but let me start off by asking what you might think is a strange question. Do you think it is possible for anybody to please God. Now, you might think that's a little bit of a trick question because there are actually, I think, three different answers you could give. Some people say, we'll give it the easy yes. Lots of people who aren't Christians think that it's dead simple. So if you go to a funeral, people will say, my Aunt Agatha has gone to heaven because she did no one any harm. That's as easy as it is. That's all you have to do or not do to please God. It's easy. And they give that the thumbs up. But more thoughtful Christians would give it a thoughtful no. No, you can't please God because if you look at his commands, you won't ever be able to do them in the perfect way God intends. 
That's why Jesus had to come and die for us on the cross because we can't please him. He pleased God on our behalf and that's the only way. We've got to go to Jesus. We can't try and please God ourselves. And in some ways we've heard Paul say that to us in this letter that he's written to the Romans. But there is a third way where actually it is possible to give it a thoughtful yes you can please God because that same Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says you can present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God you can present that to him as his acceptable or another way of translating it his pleasing worship and so it is possible, Paul says, to please God. And you just need two things. Anyone can please God if they've just got these two things. First, God's mercy. Second, our humility. Okay, let's start with mercy first. You can offer your life to God, but it starts with God's mercy. If uh, someone asked you, what kind of week have you had? And you turn around and say, ah, it's been awful. I've got this big bill I can't afford. I've had a broken relationship that makes me sad. And I've had a bad diagnosis from the hospital I'm worried. It's been an awful week. And yet, if you are a Christian, you will also be able to say something else which is that God has been incredibly kind. He has been full of mercy. You can say that for two reasons. First, because actually the worst news you could ever get is that God has rejected you. If he says to you, you have no future in my kingdom, it's the worst thing anyone can say. But in Romans chapter 8, and verse 1, we discover that God's never going to say that because there is no condemnation for anyone in Christ Jesus. And if you want to know what that means, what 8.1 means, look at the last verse of chapter 8. It means that there is no separation from the love of God. Jesus died for us. And therefore, we can say God has been very merciful to us and kind to us. But it's not just that Jesus died for us. If you look at Romans chapter 8, verse 32, it also says that God didn't just simply keep back Jesus from us and therefore it is, uh, uh, he will add everything else as well. Romans chapter 8, verse 32 says, He did not... He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So there will always be, for the Christian, reasons to say, yes, things have gone horrible, but God has been very kind. He has been very merciful. He gave us Jesus, but there are other things he's given us that make us say that as well. 
And so when you see Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and Paul saying in view of God's mercy present offer your bodies to God he's not saying okay God's been really merciful now he's just got this one demand you've got to present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice part of your spiritual worship no 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 Paul's not talking about a demand he's talking about a gift God is merciful he gives gifts so therefore when you hear this remember it comes out of the God full of mercy why do I say that because the other side of presenting our bodies to God is to actually present our bodies to what will make our lives a mess and so if you turn back to Romans chapter 6 where we'll find we've heard this kind of present language before but you look at chapter 6 and verse 13 and it says do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness but present yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life so if you don't present your bodies to God you're going to be presenting yourself into a life that will really cave it cave in it says the same thing again in Romans chapter 6 verse 19 just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness leading to more lawlessness so life's on a spiral dive at this point now the alternative is present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification so there is mercy and mercy leads us to present our lives to God now you might say hold on a minute I know Paul says all that in uh, chapter 6 but didn't Paul have a problem with his body presenting it to God in chapter 7 if you were here didn't you uh, say that actually uh, he was frustrated he couldn't do the things he wanted to do because he had a sinful body remember him saying that well that's true he did say that and we may feel very frustrated that we don't serve God the way we would like to but it is true at the same time the same apostle says but in Romans chapter 12 God will be pleased with you in the way that you present your life to him so we've got children here let's say the mums have asked the children to go into their rooms and uh, tidy up their bedroom okay and we've got the kind of children in our church that do that immediately right <laughs> every time okay now if your mom or if you're a dad you go into the room and the children have wonderfully tidied up their room and you can see the bed is made and the clothes are in the cupboard and the toys are in the box what do you say you say brilliant well done you don't say look uh, that that sheet's got a crease in it <laughs> and the clothes aren't straight and the toys aren't color-coded <laughs> no you say 
brilliant. You've done such a fantastic job. That's how God says he is with us. If a parent is like that and pleased, God is like that and is pleased. He finds it really acceptable. You can live a life that is acceptable to him. And the key to offering a life that is acceptable to God is if you want to present your bodies to God in verse 1, the key is there in verse 2, change your mind, renew your mind. That's what it says in chapter 12 and verse 2. Don't be conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Lots of thinking words in verses 2 and 3. In, the, in verse 3, I tried to emphasize it when I read it out. Think, think, think three times. It's all to do with changing your mind. The world says, change your bodies. The Bible says, change your mind. You can present your bodies just as you are. You don't need to first diet. You don't need to first go to the gym. And if you're past all of that and you've given up and there's nothing the gym can do for you anymore, you don't even have to reach for the creams. You just present your bodies as they are, but change your mind. Change the way you think. Change your mind to the new Christian way of thinking. Give your mind some gym time in the Bible. Make changing your mind the number one project in your life if you want to live a life pleasing to God as a Christian. The world doesn't want us to think. It just, wants, it just says it's important how you feel. But we need to see that there is a big difference between the way the world thinks and the way Christians think. It'll help you in the way you make up your mind. You know how it is when you've got a decision to make and you want to make up your mind, what you normally do, you have two columns, the pros and the cons. Reasons why, reasons why not. Paul is saying, I'm going to give you two new columns. Here they go. What if I'm to listen to the world? What would I do? What if I'm to offer my body? What will I do? Two different columns to help us think. Last night, big family do. My sister comes to America and everybody in the family has to be there to meet her. And so the room is full, conversations are going, there's never enough time to find out everything about everyone. Here's the question. What time do I leave the party? What would the world say? The party's over. <laughs> what would presenting my body say? See, presenting your acceptable worship doesn't happen on a Sunday. It happens on the Saturday when you choose to present your bodies to a better decision rather than stay up all night 
which we could have done and spoken. We had lots to talk about. So, keep the columns in your mind. What if I'm to listen to the word? What if I'm to present my body? How will that make me decide? Because God is merciful. And as we use our minds, we will be able to discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will. So, that's about God's mercy. What about humility? Verse 3 tells us that whatever gifts God gives to us, it is for other people. Don't think highly of yourself in verse 3 means don't think what God has given you is for you. Think with that new mind. It's what uh, verse 3 says, For the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And the way Paul talks about the measure of faith, in other words, what Paul has given us to put our faith in, to believe, is that actually God has given us everything. Of course he would, because he's merciful. He's given us Jesus, he's given us the other things as well. God has been greatly merciful. And therefore, we have got no reason to boast. That's what Paul has been saying again and again in the letter. So the more faith I've been given, or the more faith I've been assigned, as he puts here, the more I'll see that I can't think highly of myself. Everything has been given. So now when I walk into church in verse 4, as one body we see there are many members. And I discovered that the church I walk into in verse 4 is like a body with different people, as it were, occupying different parts. And my question as I walk into church is, how can I present my body as an offering to God to serve Christ's body, which is his church? How can I use my body to serve Christ's body? That's the question that we need to ask if we want to present our bodies to God. The way I offer my body to God is to use my gifts to serve his church. Which means I don't come in thinking about myself. I come in looking for others. Say my uh, bit of the body I'm thinking about now is the eye. I take my eye, look in the mirror. What am I going to be looking at? I'm not going to be staring at my eye. I'm going to be looking at my hair, see if anyone can still recognize me after the wind's blown it about and uh, try and put it back into place again. I'll be checking the teeth. Have I lost any on the way here? Um, at my age, this happens. So, when you look in the mirror with the eye, you're not looking, the eye's not looking at the eye, it's looking for the other members. And so, therefore, that's what we're doing with the body of Jesus as well. Comes in through the door, sees how the others are. It's new thinking. 
and more new thinking it's not just a Sunday thing because if your church is like your body well you just think about it if my nose has got an itch do I take my hand and say I'm going to scratch that itch the next time this hand and, and this nose are going to be in the same room together I'll just check my diary and see when the next time is that my hand will be near my face and then I'll be able to scratch my nose. I don't do that, do I? It, my nose has a need of an itch and I itch and I scratch. And that's how it is with the body. A body means actually we've got life together all the time. We're not ultimately apart even when we aren't actually together. We are caring for each other. And that happens all the time. Now that's the thing that we need to understand, that God is doing it, uh, that we are members of one another all the time, responsive to each other's needs. And there are seven gifts here that are given to us as examples of how it might be if a church is serving each other well. Now the first gift mentioned is the gift of prophecy. And you might think, well, that sounds a specialist task. But it says building people up according to the proportion of their faith, not according to the status in their church or the title. And if the person has faith and understands that God is a God of mercy, and every person speaking publicly in that sense should be able to understand and explain that that God is massively merciful and here we are we are failures again and again and again we put the failure and the mercy together and we teach people that's what prophets do well that is what encourages us as a church to grow and grow and grow in our understanding of God's mercy but it's not just a prophet that does that because you hear the talk and you can go and tell it to somebody else what is spoken here maybe by someone up front you can be doing that role according to the faith assigned to you in the next opportunity that you have what about serving it's not doing tasks in a rota it's looking beyond the rota I now get a chance to be a servant of these people who I'm going to be serving. It's a lovely servant atmosphere to create in a church when there's a church wanting to be like this. Teaching. Perhaps correcting someone wrong. Maybe there's someone who's very, very uh, miffed that another person has hurt them and they really do want to go and give them a piece of their mind. But the teacher might step in and say, I'd be feeling in the same way if I were you, but at the same time we've got to understand, we've got so much mercy, haven't we? How might we show that to the next person that's been annoying to us? And, and we might want to, to teach it uh, that, that way. Exhorting is keeping other people going when it's tough. It may be that you come in from a bad week where you've had a bad uh, where you've had a big bill uh, a broken relationship and a bad diagnosis but then you need the exhorter to come along and say look but that isn't the only thing is it you've also known God to be kind to you think about this and you help 
What about contributing, being generous, paying for others in church rather than expecting others in church to pay for you, caring for them financially in that way? Leadership, not taking responsibility because, well, someone's got to do it, but taking responsibility because you want other people to be presenting their bodies and to be living well for God. It's what leadership is all about, isn't it? If you're in a church. And then mercy. Looking for the privilege of being kind to others when others have let you down. Because God has been amazingly merciful to you. So you look for the opportunity to handle someone who's got you cross, but in a different way. So you are cheerful about sharing mercy because you want to look for opportunities to do that. So it's a good prayer to come into church praying for God to at least give you the gift of mercy when you walk in because sure enough, if you've got a bunch of sinners in a room on a hot day, someone will let you down and you will need to show them mercy. But we want to be presenting our bodies to God by presenting ourselves to each other in the church. And here's the thing, it is doable. And because it is doable, whenever we see it being done, we should be like the dad in the room, saying, Rob, Hannah, fantastic job that you've just done at the ranch. Natalie, really, really great work. But like the dad in the room saying, this is wonderful, well done. And we want to bring that encouragement to each other in all the different parts that we play. Well, let's take home three different things that we might want to remember. And the first thing, uh, if you're not a Christian, if you're new to these things, maybe you've um, not really thought deeply very much before, but try now to get the head working. And you might have heard people talking about God and wondered what's so good about God. Well, here's the one thing that would be helpful for you. Get to find out why people say God is merciful. Read Romans chapter 1 to chapter 11. It won't take you that long. You won't understand everything. But you will see how God takes people who have failed him and given his son to pay for them, to make them righteous. And as you do that, you begin to really get a good picture in your mind from the Bible that God is full of mercy. And then, once you've got that picture in your mind, you can start living this way as well if you're not someone who's a Christian. What happens if uh, you've been to church lots? Now, it's very easy, isn't it, if you've been to church lots, to think that church is an hour and a half on a Sunday. And Christianity is church, an hour and a half on a Sunday. And not only can we go down the wrong path thinking that, but rather than thinking body and life and all the time, 
The other mistake we make is that we think actually church is for us. I'll find the church that I like to go to. The singing's better over there than over there. And therefore, that's where I think I'll go and join. Maybe today God is telling us that when we think like that, we are thinking too highly of ourselves. We can't talk about presenting our lives to God, which is something church people would like to do, if we're not presenting our gifts to each other and not just on Sundays. Maybe we need to rethink our view of church, even if we've been there many times. What happens if you're a real believer? Well, take home the truth that God is very merciful. In this week, go out into this week seeing life through that lens. Yes, there'll be things that go wrong, guaranteed. But equally remember, God is kind, he is merciful. You always live this week in view of his mercy. And it'd be great for us to uh, go home with that confidence and look forward to living the week in that way. But also to have confidence that we can serve him, that we can please him. And we don't do it to earn a relationship with him. We do it because we have the relationship and we can please him. Therefore, we want to do it. He's like the dad in the room. Only, the job that he's given you to do is to not to go upstairs and to clean the room and tidy it. The job he's given you to do is to serve his people, the church. That's the job. Present your bodies to God by presenting your gifts to his body, the church. Let's have a moment. We stop, we think, we pray. One minute to pray. You say what you want to say to God in the light of what he has said. And then I'll pray and we'll take questions and answers. Let's have the moment of silence first. And we'll each pray and ask God to help us. Well, let me pray. Father, you are a God of great mercy. We'll always be able to speak of your kindness to us, whatever happens this week. And we do want to thank you that pleasing you is possible. Very often, Father, we know we've often thought that we can't do it, but... You tell us we can. So we pray that you help us to keep thinking in new ways. Help us not to think like the world. And help us to keep serving our church, your body. And we pray you will show us your mercy in this new life for the glory of your name. Amen.